Ladies and gentlemen, Fresh Hop Cinema is supported by The Handlebar. It's a craft beer bar and restaurant right here in Chico. And as you might have guessed, we don't really support stuff that we don't personally endorse and love. The Handlebar is located at 2070 East 20th Street with over 20 craft beers on draft. I believe it's 28. They're always changing. It's a great selection. They have a happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. You get a dollar off all of those amazing draft beers. So go check them out. Again, that's the Handlebar right here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey, and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and movie podcast in Chico, California. I'm one of your hosts, Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. Thanks for joining us this week. We're stoked to be here. Yeah, this week on the show, we've got our review of the new film on Apple TV Plus and in some theaters called Coda. It's a story about a girl who is the only child in her family to have hearing. Her brother and two parents are all deaf, and she discovers a love of music and has to juggle that with her her family's business and, and becoming a young adult. That's right. And this week we're featuring beers from Burley Oak. The first one is an IPA called Cheeseburger Picnic. And the second is a fruited sour called Blueberry Lemon Cheesecake. If you are listening on the radio waves of KZFR 90.1 FM, all your beautiful ears are going to get to hear is our discussion of beer one and the spoiler-free portion of our talk about Coda. But Johnny, tell them the good news. Yeah, if you want to hear the rest of the episode and 200 other full episodes with beer and movies and all kinds of fun stuff going all the way back to 2016, you can find it at any of the following locations. That's right. Those episodes are on uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, basically anywhere you can find a podcast. You will find our lovely voices, and we drop new episodes every Friday morning at 7 a.m. If you like the show, feel free to leave us a five-star rating. And if you're more of a a lyrical person, leave us a review. It helps people find the show. So when people go to search in in the Apple podcast algorithm machine, they type movies, beers, entertainment, sexy voices, Fresh Hop Cinema pops up. The more reviews we have from people like you, it helps people discover the show. Please don't be shy. That's right. And also, if you're on the social medias, follow us. Instagram for pictures, Letterboxd for film reviews, and Untapped for beer reviews. All at Fresh Hop Cinema, or you can find us online at www.freshhopcinema.com. Yeah, we posted a photo this week. I, I posted it. We both have access to the account. And Johnny said of the photo, sex up our account. Do it. And if that sounds intriguing to you, go, yeah, go check us out on social media. It's fun. And if you have feedback on our social media, you really like that picture we posted or any of the stuff, email us. Why not? Send a, a well-worded MLA format email, if you want, to fhccast at gmail.com. We promise we'll read it. If it's a worthwhile email, you might even get it read aloud on the show. We'll give you a shout out. Everybody wins. At the very least, we just promise we'll read it. Yes. Nothing might happen, but it's fine. <laughs> but we we'll will see read it. it. <laughs> we will read it. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to help support the show, you can go check out patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. It helps us make all this happen. And we do bonus episodes every week. We do fun events. Just this last week, we had a movie like watch along where a big thread of like chat thread, we all got together, started a movie at the same time, watched it together, drank some beers, had some laughs, watched Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Neat. Uh, it was a fantastic time. Uh, absolutely fun. Uh, big shout out to our newest patron, Ben Murray. Super stoked to have him in the fold. Yeah. Our family is growing. Hey, Ben. Welcome aboard, yeah. sir. Thank you for joining in your support. We appreciate it a lot. Yeah. And if you want to be cool like Ben, as little as $1 a week helps keep this show happening. And like we said, tons of bonus content, events. Sometimes we throw parties. Sometimes we give you free stuff. At the very least, we give you free content that is exclusive to Patreon every single week. So check it out. Patreon.com slash Fresh Hop Cinema. For now, I think that is enough self-promotion, and I would love to drink this beer that at this point has a bit of history, at least in my refrigerator, and if, if you don't know the context, you can listen to last week's episode where I forgot this beer at home and I was traveling. So I've been looking forward to this one, at least seeing it in my fridge for like a week and a half. Um, mm-hmm. Johnny, you mentioned this is Burley Oak Brewing. Can you tell me a little bit more about where they're based at least and, and maybe, a, maybe a mission statement? Yeah, they're from Berlin. Berlin, Berlin, Germany, Berlin, Maryland. Oh. Yep. There's more than one Berlin. It's Wait, crazy. Really quickly. Do you think everybody in the history of that town that's traveled and like, where are you from? Like Berlin. And then people get really excited and they're like, Maryland. Yeah. 
And which is probably. no, it's probably a great town, but like Berlin, you can't name it. You know, Berlin's Berlin. Berlin like is Berlin. Los Angeles, Minnesota. Well, it, isn't there like a Paris, Texas or something like oh, that? Too? Yeah, probably. There's all kinds of city. There's a, there's a Chico, Texas. Is there really? Yeah. All right. Well, it's good uh, to know. Uh, but anyways, yeah. they're from Berlin, Maryland, East Coast Brewery. Uh, and their goal is to produce distinctive beers whose quality is unsurpassed using new and traditional brewing methods. And that's kind of evident in the styles just that we're doing today. I mean, one is a super straightforward, on paper, uh, IPA, sure. like West Coast style. And then the other is just a ridiculous, fruited, strawberry, lemon, cheesecake, sour, which is... Wow. Absolutely. Uh, is about as new school as it gets. So pretty stoked to check out this brewery. I've never had anything from them. I know that they're, we'll have to look it up. I don't know, remember what it stands for, but they're J Dream, J-R-E-A-M appears. Okay. It's their like fruited sour line. They're all different cheesecakes and fruits and all kinds of wild stuff. But I know that they're pretty heavily sought after. So I've seen them traded for a bunch and I've seen them just in the beer, beer world quite a bit. So um, I've been wanting to get my hands on one of these for a while. So I'm very excited to get to that beer later. I do but, need, I do need to ask in a world where breweries are sometimes going off the cliff of madness and brewing beers where in, in the boil, they will add things like pizza or money. Our first mm-hmm. beer is called cheeseburger picnic. I need to know, sir, did they, did they put cheeseburgers in, in this beer? I just need to know that before I taste it. Cause I could be caught off guard pretty easily. <laughs> no cheeseburgers were harmed in the making of this beer. Okay. It's probably for the best. No. Yeah. No. Cheeseburger Picnic, Picnic is a 7.4% IPA rocking 20 IBUs. Uh, and it is an all new IPA brewed with Citra, Galaxy, Nelson Sauvin, El Dorado, and Mosaic hops. Uh, with this blend, they have brewed an extremely juicy IPA that finishes off silky smooth, overflowing with fresh citrus on the nose, mango, peach, and pineapple are all prevalent with a crisp green grape mm-hmm. finish from the Nelson Sauvin. I love that they identify on their website like what taste comes from the the hop. That's fun. Totally. So, a green grape finish from the Nelson Sauvin. Yeah, so straightforward, like juicy West Coast IPA. So I'm curious to try it. Have you sniffed it, opened it, poured it, drank it, spit it out? What, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've poured it and, and I've smelled it. I haven't yet tasted it, but it, it looks like a straightforward IPA, man. Um, it smells really, really bright. And I think you say Sauvin, but I've, I think I say Sauvin. I'm not sure. Maybe somebody can correct us. But in the past, I've always said Nelson Sauvin. And we did, I think, this would be crazy if I got this right, but we did a beer from Against the Grain Brewing several years ago, maybe back in like 2017. And that was my first experience with the Nelson Sauvin hop. And I remember that's how people describe it. It's very whiny, very, very, hmm. yeah, green grape kind of vibes. Uh, like, a, like a like a tart white wine? Totally. Um, so nice. I, and you can kind of pick that up on the nose when you, I'm sure you'll give me your senses in a minute here, but, but it definitely smells like a big, bright IPA. And, and you also said there's mosaic in this, which I love. I am a little concerned. We've talked in the past, you listed one, two, three, four, five hops. Sometimes beers with this many people at the party, everybody can kind of get lost or it just becomes super loud and you can't distinguish anything. So I've got high hopes, but also, uh, a little bit of a hesitant foot in the water as well. Yeah, I think. That's, you know, rightly founded in experience. I and mean, we've done beers with like seven different hops where it's just like, what are you, what are you doing? Stop. Yeah. It's too many, too many, like four and then cut it off or have them have more of a similar flavor profile where they co-mingle right. the beer in a more cohesive way. Like, but uh, I think this beer pulls it off. I, I really actually like this beer. It's super smooth and totally crushable. It's way more crushable than I thought it was going to be because it smells big and bright, yeah. but it also, it smells aggressive. But like once you start drinking it, it's one of those beers that it's hard to just take a sip. This is a, this is an easy to drink beer for sure. I really like the hot brightness and I definitely do get like that grape skin finish yes, totally. from, from the Nelson Sauvignon. Sauvignon. Uh, dude, yeah, it's it's way less aggressive than I assumed on the nose as well, or that I, that I assumed by how it smelled. It's way less aggressive on the palate. Like, it's super light and and very tasty. A lot of citrus for sure. Some of those more tropical notes are for sure there too. But far and away, it's it's that kind of grape pithiness and and almost wine quality that comes through on the back end most. Yeah, but that makes it like super crushable. Super like, crushable. It has just that really crisp like almost biting, but in a good way, you know, it's got a nice, pleasant, crisp bite to it. 
I don't know if this is blasphemous in any way to either wine drinkers or beer drinkers, but it does almost drink, as far as carbonation goes, like a like a sparkling wine. It's got a spritzer vibe. It really does, yeah. And part of that's the body. It's not doesn't feel too viscous or overly alcoholic or anything like that. And it's also not crazy carbonated, but there's definitely like it's just there's a sparkle there, a little shimmer, a little shimmer of bubbles, almost champagne-y, but not quite that aggressive. Yeah, and that flavor has that dryness of like a brute. Totally. Yeah. It yeah. super does. I, I could see the the parallels with champagne uh in the carbonation in that that nice bitter, like almost tart, but not tart. But yeah, I really like the finish on that too. Was not expecting this beer to be this crushable. This is really, really high quality stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm relatively pleased as well. This is pretty good. I'm not there's nothing that's jumping out at me as uh, horribly offensive or anything like that. Um, it is. That's your review of this beer. I am relatively pleased. <laughs> All right, sir. Uh, the most middle ground. No, I just mean like there's nothing terrible about it, which is great. So I'm going to dig a little bit deeper. The only thing I am noticing that sticks out, uh, not necessarily in a bad way, but in in a way that isn't necessarily consistent with the rest of the drinking experience, is the little bit of uh, more than a little bit of heat I'm getting on the back end after I've had a couple sips. It mm. feels a little bit hotter than seven four. Uh, as it's gliding down my gullet. Well, 7.4 is a big beer. I mean, for a single IPA, that is usually like within like six to seven range. Anything over seven is getting a little bit heftier. So it makes sense. It's uh, Yeah, I think I've made this case before. I think we've talked about this at length over the years. There is some sort of, I don't know if sweet spot's the right term, but between like six and a half and seven and a half percent, I could be convinced that a beer is either wildly higher in ABV or wildly lower than it appears to be. Because some... I think the last example I used was probably Torpedo from Sierra Nevada, which is 7.2%, is a very heavy, malty double IPA. And mm-hmm. you could convince me Torpedo, if I'd never had it and you just put it in front of me, was 8%. It's it's big enough to warrant that kind of ABV. And we drank a beer recently. I'm, I'm blanking on what it was, but it was probably it was probably like 7.2. And I was like, this has to be like 6%. Because some I of them hide it really well. I think it was the original well. pattern beers, wasn't it? That sounds right. Yeah, that was, was it two or three weeks ago? Something like that? Yeah. Um, so, and this is definitely skewing towards, I think the, the bigger feeling side, it's just confusing to me because the rest of the experience drinking it makes it seem like it will be light. Yeah. It's like, it's got a sneaky ABV cause I'm not getting any of that heat. Like you could have convinced me this was like a six flat. Oh, for real? See, I'm saying, no, I'm saying the opposite for me. Like I'm getting the heat yeah. after I drink it. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause yeah. it, it had to sit for a minute. I haven't sipped it. I've been doing this really long run on sentence. It seems, but, mm-hmm. um, once it's been kind of settling into what feels like the the very base of my throat, it's like there's a bit of heat that's just kind of hanging out there. Interesting. Well, stop talking and drink some more. I think oh, that's the, 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 yeah, just get it in you. Let's yeah. really evaluate it. <laughs> I like the grape notes. I think that's what's standing out the most. Yes. And also, like you said, there's really nothing wrong with this beer. Um, it's There's no weak points. It's really solid. It is above average for an IPA, but mm-hmm. it is definitely of a, you know, a standard, but very well done flavor profile. Like it's exactly what you expect and what you want. And like, we've got pretty unreasonably high standards as far as beer go, because just we drink sure. so much and we have to talk about it and break it down and, and be critical. But, um, it's exactly what you would expect for an IPA with this, this pedigree and this description and these hops, like it's, Spot on. It's right on the money. Yeah, I'm. I'm mostly overall favorable on this. I think it's. A, it was a little bit pricier. I think that's worth noting. It's. It's not a cheap pint can necessarily. So if you're feeling like spending a little bit more of a buck, and you're okay with some alcohol heat, in my opinion, from from a a pretty tasty IPA, I think it's a good route. Yeah, I think it's it's really solid. It's going to be a better pick than a lot of IPAs in a door that you're you're reaching for something. Um, I think it's worth trying. I think we're lucky to have an East Coast brewery like this available in Chico. So uh, if you're a big IPA fan like I am, it's it's definitely worth picking up. Plus the can's really cool. Yeah, agreed. Do you have any guesses or, or any knowledge as to why it's called Cheeseburger Picnic? It's such a specific name. You, you, there's probably a backstory. And maybe it's just like the brewers made that joke and now that's their inside joke that they can ship all over the world. But do you happen to know? I want to say I read something like it's just a good beer to have on a picnic with a cheeseburger, something like that. Can you imagine packing cheeseburgers into a picnic basket though? 
Yes, I can, sir. I am a fat kid. I can 100% imagine that. I just, they're like sliding around in there, like the can's covered in Thousand Island dressing by the time you... Maybe do that's you the think, idea. Do you think you put an unwrapped burger just into a basket? Look, like just, you maniac. I wouldn't have put a burger in a basket to begin with. I don't know what you do. Like, it's wrapped, obviously. Like, you either get takeout or you, like, wrap it in foil or butcher paper Come on, man. I, yeah, I guess I'm picturing like an old, I don't know why, but I'm in the 50s now. And you just, we're, we're like at the butcher shop and he's like, here's your patty and I cook it up real quick. And then you like wrap it in parchment paper and tie it with yeah. twine. And then you stick it in your picnic basket, walk up a huge hill and you're there in like four hours. At which point the beer is warm and the burger's bad. So who knows? That's what I was picturing. But the picnic you're describing is is, is certainly more modern and probably more realistic for preserving the, the qualities of a cheeseburger and a beer. Man, you're... You're really bumming me out with your picnic. That's like a very <laughs> that's a very pessimistic picnic you got going on, man. Like yeah. ice chests exist. There are coolers in this world, like little ones that you can throw over your shoulder and put like two beers with ice in. That's man. A good point. like maybe you and I'll go got, on a, a positivity sh- podcast picnic. I think you need one because, yeah. like, quite frankly, your ideas of picnics are breaking my heart right now. <laughs> like, who hurt you? The good news is my ideas about this beer are not going to hurt anybody. I feel really good about it. And if you're okay with it, Johnny Summers, let's rate Cheeseburger Picnic from Burley Oak Brewing out of 10. I would say it's a solid 7-9. Hmm. As I take one more fateful sip. 7-9. Mm-hmm. Very respectable. I think I'm I'm right there with you. Not quite an 8 for me. I'm going to go with this solid 7. I'd definitely drink it again. It's just, it's a very specific thing. That lightness in the body and the flavor is not always what I want to put next to that much alcohol heat at the end. So, yeah. And it's got a unique nose. It definitely has like a bit of a musty, fruity nose that is very specific to this beer. Yes. I like it. I'm not going to travel for it. That's why I didn't get into the eights. But if it's in my local SNS produce single store where I got this. Sure. Shameless shout out. Nice. Uh, I'll, I'll probably grab it. Like it's a really good everyday IPA to grab, but I'm not going to like travel for it. Absolutely. But yeah, if it's around, try it, grab it, drink it, enjoy it. Fair enough. Take us out of here. Once again, you are listening to Fresh Hop Cinema on KZFR 90.1 FM. If you get a chance to try Cheeseburger Picnic, we want to know what you think. Reach out. Let us know. Tell us your feelings. Yeah, again, you can email us at fhccast at gmail.com. You can find us on social media, all that stuff. And if you got a second, leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, we've got a trailer coming your way for a new film called Coda. If you haven't seen it yet, we're not going to spoil it till later in the show. So don't worry. We'll be right back after this. You're the girl with the deaf family? Yeah. yeah. I just want to tell you right now. And you sing. Interesting. Something's got a hold on me here. What are you doing next year? Working with my family. Let me tell you now. I've got a feeling. I feel so strange. Everything about me seems to have changed. I've been coaching for Berkeley College of Music. I can help you get a scholarship. I want to do this. There are plenty of pretty voices with nothing to say. Do you have something to say? If you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer and film colliding in your ear holes, this time on KZFR 90.1 FM. Subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts to hear this discussion in its entirety. It'll be available tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Johnny Summers, what did people just listen to? That was a trailer for this week's featured movie called Coda. The synopsis is as follows. Ruby is the only hearing member of a deaf family from Gloucester, Massachusetts. At 17, she works mornings before school to help her parents and brother keep their fishing business afloat. But in joining her high school choir club, Ruby finds herself drawn to both her duet partner and her latent passion for singing. Yeah, this is a film directed by Sian Heater. She is a mostly, in the past, a writer. She wrote on a few seasons, I believe seasons one through three on Orange is the New Black. And then she went on to direct her first feature-length film called Tallulah back in 2016, which starred Allison Janney and Elliot Page. 
Those people are not in this movie, though. Johnny, who is in this film? Yeah, so you had Amelia Jones as Ruby Rossi, mm-hmm. Eugenio Derbez as Bernardo Villalobos, or Mr. V. You had Troy Kotzer as Frank Rossi, Ferdia Walsh-Pilo as Miles. You had Daniel Durant as Leo Rossi, Marley Matlin as Jackie Rossi, Amy Forsyth as Gertie, and Kevin Chapman as Brady. Yeah, we'll, we'll sort of unpack all those characters in a minute here. But first, I wanted to say this film premiered at Sundance 2021, which was, of course, virtual screenings due to COVID. But it did win the U.S. Grand Jury Prize. It won the U.S. Dramatic Audience Award and a Special Jury Ensemble Cast Award. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe Sion Heater, I hope I'm saying that right, it, she won the, I want to say, Drama Director Award. I'm, I never know all the names of the awards at Sundance, but it was she won something. Okay. Anyways. Apple caught wind of this two days later. Apple bought it for $25 million. It was released for streaming on Apple TV Plus, which is where I watched it, and in select theaters uh, back on August 13th. It's rated PG-13. Johnny, you actually put this on my radar. You said, and I quote, Coda was a, I believe you said, uh, a little gem of a movie. And you and I had gone back and forth. We were up until in real time, basically hours before our recording session today, planning on watching Reminiscence, the the new huge Ackman film. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, man, I can watch either one before we sit down to record. What do you choose? And you chose Coda. So I want to know what you thought of this film. Why was it better than Hugh Jackman's latest science, <laughs> sci-fi time travel drama thing? Well, I can get into that in my flick pick if you want later in oh, the after. Um, but um, this movie was just far superior to that one. For me, there was there was really no comparing the two. I watched them both in the same day and... and mm. uh, like just straight up Pepsi challenge of watching both of them in one day, this movie absolutely stood out like a thousand percent. So there was no way I could not push for this movie. So I have been eagerly awaiting this since it premiered at Sundance and I believe pop culture happy hour covered in their Sundance coverage. I think two, two or three of the hosts actually gave rave reviews to this movie. And I looked up a trailer and I've been just, biting my nails waiting for this movie to come out somewhere and i knew apple bought it so i've just been counting down the days watched it the day it was released very very excited for this one okay well what did you i mean you watched it at home as i as i believe to be true what did you what did you think of it um so this movie i thought it was absolutely amazing i'm gonna play my hand early here sure it was just the most unique and heartfelt take on like a slice of life family drama, but it it goes deep into this family where only one person is hearing. Uh, And if you don't know, CODA, C-O-D-A, is uh, actually an acronym for Child of Deaf Adults. And if you definitely didn't know, it's also a musical term for a way that a person reading sheet music knows where to go next in the piece. So double meanings, very cool. Whoa, that is cool. I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, So yeah, I thought I mean, that's just a fascinating premise, and I feel like the the depth at which they went to deliver this story and this plot was really impressive. I mean, the whole cast, besides Amelia Jones as Ruby Rossi, obviously, um, was actually not hearing. The whole cast, her whole family, was, was played yeah. by deaf actors, and sure. it was fascinating that Amelia Jones actually took... American sign language lessons for like nine months leading up to this role just to, just to prepare for the film, uh, just for authenticity. And I, I feel like that attention to detail really came through because at points when she's communicating with her family and sign and as well as speaking, I mean, you can really see her throwing her emotions into the, the sign language. So, but overall thoughts on this movie were that it was just so charming and endearing and, you get so attached to these characters so quick and it's really refreshing to see, you know, actual deaf actors portraying basically themselves on screen. It's, um, it's believable because it is authentic. And that is something in movies that is really hard to find sometimes. And it comes across as so genuine that I was super into it. It, you know, really breaks down, what it would be like to be a teenager in this situation, living in a deaf deaf family. And uh, I loved the drama, the interactions between the family. I mean, this movie was built on relationships and the difficulty of having those relationships and family and responsibility. And I thought it just, the writing was really graceful and um, giving. And I liked this movie quite a bit. I cried 
several times. Not yeah, gonna lie. Yeah. So uh yeah, absolutely love this movie. There's no way about it. I think everyone should watch it and like watch it as soon as they can. And I'm hoping that you liked it half as much as I did because it was my choice and uh I went out on a limb. I robbed you of Hugh Jackman this week. But <laughs> that's my take. I think I I I loved it. Tell yeah, me what you thought. Yeah, I'll put your mind at ease a little bit. I definitely liked it more than half as much. I think probably a similar amount of liking is done on my half, on my behalf rather for for this movie. It's really good, man. I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for this kind of thing too. Like, obviously, a main character who is discovering a, a passion for music obviously resonates with me. I think this movie has really strong. Correct me if 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 you don't think so, but vibes of the film that came out maybe 2018 fighting with my family which is a story about a girl who wanted a, a pair of siblings wanted to be wrestlers in the wwe or whatever yeah and like they got sort of a kooky family and like don't necessarily fit in with mainstream society for a number of reasons so this has that it's got some really great performances you mentioned tearing up a little bit and there's some scenes that i think we'll probably talk about in the danger zone when we can spoil this later on about what those scenes were but I also, I think it'd be foolish not to make the comparison to, um, uh, the sound of metal Darius Martyr flick that came out last year, which was another movie that dealt with, uh, with deafness in, in sort of mainstream culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and that movie was very much about sort of robbing the audience of its auditory parts to kind of put mm-hmm. us in the shoes of the characters. And this movie toys with that a little bit. Um, but for the most part, it's told from Ruby's perspective, Amelia Jones character, and it's not just about sort of her living in this family. It's her, it's a coming of age proper film. Um, mm-hmm. But it gives off vibes of that stuff. And also like um, blow the man down, which we covered last year too. Like the whole fishing village vibe yep. is I am a sucker for that too. Like it feels kind of moody and mysterious. I also mm-hmm. get really viscerally bothered by seeing fish gutted. I can't fish are gross to me. They're so weird. But like, it makes me lock in my attention, which is to say, this is a movie that you should watch because so much of what happens is, is given in subtitles because of the sign language. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, man, some, the performances across the board are great. Uh, Eugenio Derbez, as you said, as Bernardo Villalobos, um, was great too. Like, I think he was in a movie with who is that actress. She is, she plays a lot of like ditzy characters. She's sort of a goofball. She plays like a dummy. She was married to, I think, Chris Pratt for a minute. Anna, Anna. Anna, Anna Ferris. Ferris. I think she, him, uh, Eugenio Derbez, and she were in a movie together. And he was like a okay. rich douchebag that sort of kicked her off his boat or whatever. It's a dumb movie. So when I saw him, I was like, okay, well, there's going to be this guy. And the character he plays, which is the music teacher, does kind of give off that vibe at first. But he ends up being a really realistic and and almost like a lighthouse of a character for for Ruby. And I think that's the case with a lot of these people. They're fully fleshed out characters and i think a lot of that's because of the performances especially with the dad frank played by troy kotzer who is just a just a canvas of emotion he's right just, he's so good there's there's some great moments with just expressions of his face looking at something where you're just like you feel whatever he's feeling so immensely it's great yeah um absolutely overall for me dude net positive for sure highly recommend people to watch it it's yeah i mean it's great you're not gonna not like it i think there's something in this for for most people I, I agree completely. Okay. Let's give it a rating. Mm, ooh. <laughs> oh, you're flirting. You're flirting. Okay. This this one's tough. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't. Uh, yeah. It's, hard. To. <sighs> it's 10. You're giving it a 10, huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think it's my I think it's my favorite movie of the year so far. I think you're right. I write this yeah. down every week. I'm pretty sure that's the only 10 you've given. Definitely in the past six months. Mm-hmm. which actually makes sense because well, not doesn't make sense, but that still qualifies because we were still covering 2020 movies in January, February. So mm-hmm. I think you are right, sir. For me, it's a nine. It wasn't totally perfect. There's a couple things I might, I don't really even want to nitpick them. So I might not, but for me, it wasn't a perfect movie, but it was darn good. Uh, yeah. Just see it if you can. Absolutely. I can agree completely that it wasn't a perfect movie, but I loved it perfectly. Fair. And this is half my show. So I get to decide what's perfect. Once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema on KZFR 90.1 FM. Coda is now streaming on Apple TV Plus and in select theaters. If you get the chance to see it and you have thoughts of your own, find us on social media at Fresh Hop Cinema or send us an email to fhccast at gmail.com. 
Or you can head over to our website, freshhopcinema.com, for film reviews, beer reviews, and podcast episodes going all the way back to 2016. To our KZFR listeners, the full-length version of today's conversation will be available tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., wherever quality podcasts are found. And to all of our podcast listeners, we'll be right back to talk spoilers in the Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Welcome to the danger zone. I always hijack it and explain what the danger zone is, which isn't even totally fair. Like, I feel like the danger zone was your doing, by which I mean, originally it was my doing because I had to convince you to stop swearing so much for the first part of the show arbitrarily. That was back mm-hmm. in the day. But it's it's changed over over the months and years. What What is the danger zone now for people that maybe haven't heard the show before? Well, yeah, it's when we talk about the movie pretty much like we've all seen it. It's a very candid conversation yeah. about our favorite parts, our least favorite parts with no fear of spoilers or spoiling the movie. So if you have not seen it, go see it or, mm. you know, spoilers ahead. You've been warned. So I wanted to start. We didn't really say this earlier, which I think was a mistake. This movie is really funny. It's hilarious. Like really funny, which I think is partially due to the fact that it's an adaptation. It was a French film back in uh, 2014 called <clears throat> La Famille Bélier. It was a film by Eric Lajitao. Nope, Lartigau. I need to learn French. Salvin. Eric. Um, yeah, a lot of French today. So this was, this was adapted from that. And it's. I'm just looking at the poster from the original. It's got the same sort of vibe. It's very funny and, and awkward and like... I'm not sure how much of this was ripped directly from that. I don't know how close of a of an adaptation it is, but I assume that one's just as funny. And the reason it stuck out to me is like some of this humor is not necessarily stuff that most American audiences would feel comfortable with. Like there's a lot of just jokes about parents having sex and talking about that in front of their kids, which is like so fucking French. Mm-hmm. Americans are like, Bleh. and French were like, that's funny. It's um, very European for sure. Very <laughs> European. Um so okay, so you thought this was funny too. I just I guess I wanted to clarify that or at least figure out if you agreed. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there were so many laugh out loud moments. Like her dad is like one of the most dynamic actors that I've seen in a yeah. long time. Yeah. You know, he had me busting up laughing and also just like whimpering with mm-hmm. his acting. Man, he was good. Yeah. I there's like there's a gag that it seems so obvious now. Like if 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 the the sort of way that you communicate with the outside world as, as a deaf family is via your hearing daughter, that, that daughter as your translator has all the power to say whatever she wants and to translate back to you. And it first happens in the first time that it got me was in the doctor's office. Uh huh. Like they, the parents have to take her in to explain <laughs> an issue they're having with their genitals. Yeah. And, and, and he's the dad is such a descriptive man with his hands and he's yeah. pulling no punches. And he's like, tell, basically tell this doctor, my daughter, that I feel like I got spike. I can't remember what he said, but I, he did describe his wife's parts as a, as a ear, like a, like a rusty red lobster claw or something. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> Ruby's just there like, oh my God. <laughs> she tries to explain to the doctor. <laughs> and the doctor says, what you have is jock itch. It's, you know, whatever. It's from where you're in the ocean all the time. What yeah. you have to do is stop having sex for two weeks. And Ruby translates back to parents. He says, you guys got to stop having sex for forever, which <laughs> is like the perfect thing. That's what you would say. You'd be like, oh, I have all this power. All right. You guys yep. can't have sex anymore. And later on, we find out what them having sex sounds like. Ironically, they don't know what it sounds like. So why would they change it? But it is noticeable. Yeah. Which is also a great gag that leads to like them talking to her friend. It's a very funny movie. Yeah. Is my point. It's, it is hilarious. And you know, it, it brought to light something I'd never thought about, like what living with a deaf family would be like. Mm-hmm. They don't know how loud they're being, like ever. Which isn't a problem unless you have one person in the family that can hear everything. Yeah, exactly. Then it's just like, my God, y'all are being so loud. Flip side of that coin, when you have to wake up at 3 a.m. and you need to get yourself, you know, juiced for the day, you can, juiced isn't the right word. You can get yourself, uh, you know, jazzed, pumped. I guess. Yeah, pumped. Hyped. You can blast music at 3 in the morning and it's not going to wake anybody. Exactly, which is kind of cool. Pros and Where cons. you can just scream at the wall. Yeah, given the choice, I'd prefer not to hear everybody I live with have sex, and I will just keep the music low. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Fine trade-off yeah. for me. I can be respectful with the music. <laughs> um, okay, what else do you want to talk about here? What else did you like about the movie, particular scenes? Well, I really liked Amelia Jones. I mean, I don't know how much of that singing she actually did. Uh, I'd be yeah. curious to know. But if that was her, she's got an amazing singing voice, and 
I, you know, a lot of the acting between her and her music partner slash boyfriend, Miles. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was, a, that's yeah. probably where I would say this movie wasn't perfect, where I would agree with you and like not giving it a 10, but sure. my 10 was for overall enjoyment. But yeah, there were moments where that felt a little bit uh, juvenile, but I sure. mean, it's like they're writing for high school seniors. So like. Who's to say? Yeah, yeah. You know, it 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 just I wasn't sure about some of their interactions in the writing, but I mean, overall, I really liked her performance and I loved, you know, the empathy that she acted out for her family and the whole conflict I thought was just enamoring with, you know, her family relying on her for everything and feeling trapped by that. It was such an interesting thing to throw into a coming of age movie. You know, what a curveball. Yeah. Like Growing up is hard enough, but like right. having your whole family depend on you to survive and communicate with anyone is just, it was such a heavy burden on her. I felt like the struggle of her her decision and her pursuit of music was like, was very real and very heavy and it, it had more weight to it than just, you know, a coming of age and like being embarrassed by your parents type totally. situation. Yeah. I liked the weight that they put on it. Yeah. The... The character you're describing, or you were describing her, her singing partner, and who turns into her boyfriend, Miles, played by a Ferdia Walsh Pilo, is a nice sort of third, not third party, but like an outside perspective, because we at some point even buy into the idea, or I think we're supposed to, that like, this family's so weird, and like, of course we don't really, because like, we, they're great, and we know that, but I think that's kind of the vibe we're supposed to get. We're supposed to identify mm. with how Ruby feels about her family. So then to have Miles come in and be like... Hey, like my family actually sucks. Yours is so great. Here's a bunch of great qualities about your family. That's a really nice sort of fresh perspective. I think that's that's kind of what that character serves aside from sort of the the duet MacGuffin to get her to do her audition. Like those mm-hmm. those musical scenes are tough to pull off in a genuine way, I think. They often skew into like glee territory, which is just mm-hmm. I don't I don't really I've never watched glee. I've seen scenes, but it very much feels like a show that exists to serve kids that want to sing and like it's all about those songs and you pepper in little bits of drama and plot in between but mostly you're there for the musical bits and it's tough i think to shoot a scene with two people of this age going through this kind of stuff and not let it feel cheesy and i think most of their stuff kind of does and that's fine like you know it still gets the point across but so that was Mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons too that i'm like you know it wasn't perfect yeah, exactly. Cheesy's a good word for it. Yeah. But luckily those cheesy moments didn't last too long. And I think that's kind of what saved it from like detracting from the movie in a big way for me. Yeah, I guess my other thing is like it does veer into like going away to college boyfriend vibes. And by the way, mm-hmm. their entire relationship I think is just like it's began and basically ended in this lake. Like there's that's <laughs> all they did. They're like, give them a romantic setting, have them jump into the water a little bit, and we'll call them in love. Yeah. He's like, you'll probably run away with some guy that plays the cello. And she's like, yeah, probably. Now kiss me, you bastard. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, whatever, who cares? It's fine. They're kids. It's not the point of the movie. The point of the movie is the family stuff, which uh, I would love to get into a little bit. Like, let's talk about, let's talk about some tear jerkers, man. Let's jerk some tears. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. Yes. Well, I mean, I think most of the times that really got me, had a lot to do with her dad. 100%. I mean, he was this just stoic, leathery figure. Looks like a fisherman. Uh, Yeah. I mean, legit. He could, I don't know if he's a fisherman in real life, but like I totally believed him as his character. Yep. Um, And he just had this hilarious but stern way about him, you know, and to see some of his walls break down and some of his perceptions change and his mind get expanded by his daughter. Yeah were really like, those are what really broke my heart and just made me tear up. Like the one that immediately comes to mind is after her concert. Well, Mm -hmm. during her concert, you know, when he's looking around and seeing what his daughter's voice is doing to the audience, seeing people like cry and like, maybe there's something to this. Like you see the wheels turning. He's so expressive and like he gets the point across without saying a word. Yeah which he never really did, but, you know. Uh, with, with the exception, that one time at the very end when he says go, mm-hmm. I wanted a little more out of that. I was hoping he'd say, like, I love you, but right. whatever, it still worked. Yeah, exactly. But I loved seeing seeing that happen, and then the scene after they get back to their house when he's sitting on the tailgate with her and he asks her to sing the song. So good. And he puts his hands on her throat. Like, yeah. that was just, like, oof. Like, oh, I completely lost it. 
the sick part of my brain was like, what if he just chokes her? <laughs> She's like, you're never leaving home. <laughs> this is how you've sounded. I'm keeping you. I don't know. Right. But no, it's of course. Yeah. That was a really touching scene, man. That's a, yeah, it's almost like a, something that has to happen. I think in, in movies that have deaf characters, like they, they almost like there's always like a scene where like they touch a speaker or something to like feel mm-hmm. the music. Yeah. Which was actually, how did you like, yeah. Right, how did you like how they handled that with the dad? <laughs> it was great. And his, Say it, his love of, don't know. yeah gangster rap so they pull up when they pulled up to pick her up from high school and he's just blaring gangster rap because he can feel it vibrate yeah. his butt uh it cracked me up yeah i love it I, I learned i learned a few words today unfortunately all the ones that stuck are profanities like i'm i'm wildly familiar with the american sign language sign for asshole for right? ass somehow i know twat waffle now which is not something i expected to learn from this film also not a very american okay thing to say so very funny in that sense yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the whole family dynamic, like you said, that's what pushed this movie. That's what made it great. I mean, the relationship with the mom who, you know, the teenage daughter is always going to feel like she's being narcissistic and making it all about yeah. her. And in some ways she was. Sure. Uh, and, you know, the strained relationship with the older brother who feels like he should be more important because he's the oldest. Yeah. Like, but they need her more than him because she can hear and speak. And that was... That was interesting seeing his arc just like dealing with that anger and frustration, but then also loving his sister so much that he wants her to succeed. And like, you know, by succeeding, it would help him succeed because they would have to just become self-sufficient. Dude, like, that's I, that's right out of fighting with my family. Yep. That's like the exact like that character could have been the same. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah. Although, you know, you do get the vibe because he is sort of there's this argument not an argument, but she he's mad at her. She chases him down. He's sitting on like you know, the box of fish or something. And mm-hmm. he's like, you're hiding from me. He's like, not very well, whatever. And he gives like really rousing speech kind of, but then he kind of bookends it by saying our family was fine before you came along and like, doesn't pull it back. And he just walks away. I was like, Oh, that's, I don't know if that's how you want to leave it. My man. Right. Like, and then they go back to being fine. It's like, I think that needed a little bit more resolution. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But fights with family happen like that sometimes. Yeah, I, I mean, good tie-in again. True. <laughs> um, yeah. Any favorite moments that we've missed from you? you I know, mean, what did you think of the the music teacher? I figured that that character would stick out for you. Yeah, like I think every working musician sort of identifies in some sense with like an on-screen music. I have the same feelings towards him a little bit like I did with the main character from Disney's Soul. Mm. Like, with that said, he they really flip that character quickly. He starts as a bad teacher. He's not good. He's not a good dude. Like he's not helpful, really judgmental. He's not there for 17 year olds. He's teaching like he's, I don't know, at a private academy for people that don't have feelings. And then they flip him and make him this endearing character. And he's got some funny moments. He works better as the comic relief character, I think, than the real, truly sort of emotional heavyweight kind of guy. I could see that. And like the way he saves her at the end is nice. Like I think that worked too. Mm -hmm. Um, But it did feel a little bit like, okay. All right. Like it would have been, I think, better had she overcome her stage fright just by seeing her family, you know, rather, mm, rather yep. than like needing him also. I don't know. Cause I don't know. The whole thing started with her having stage fright. And like that would have been a nice obstacle to have overcome. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of hoping she'd rip it a cappella. Yeah. Totally. And, but man, that scene though, where, where she signs for her family while she's singing to the Berkeley School of Music audition people, that's yeah. great. And like that sort of ties it all together. Like, is is she a fisherman is she somebody's daughter is she a musician what is she's all of it we're all all the things that we've always been combined because that's what people are you're just the you're just the combination of your experiences and she embraces that and she signs to her family she sings her little heart out and it's great that's a great scene it's predictable kind of but lovely i teared up at that pretty good Mm -hmm. predictable but delicious nonetheless totally like a cheeseburger and a picnic (laughs) oh (laughs) speaking of which um if you're good on this i'm out of beer Yeah, I am, man. I think this is a great movie. I'm really happy we covered it. Thank you for having faith in me. Of course, man. Thanks for the good recommendation. You guys go check out Coda. Let us know what you think. In the meantime, Johnny Summers, what is beer number two? Our second beer. Super stoked for this one. Like I said, I've been wanting to try one of these for a while. It is Blueberry Lemon Cheesecake Dream, J-R-E-A-M. What the hell does Dream stand for? Yeah, it's an acronym. It says Juice Rules Everything Around Me, which, if I'm not mistaken, is a reference to a Wu-Tang song. Uh, I'm just going to double check real quick. Uh, 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 yeah, yes. Cream. Cash rules everything around me is the, is the, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. 
So that's what it means in here, uh, which is to say this is probably going to be a fairly juicy, if not based on what I'm looking at, like a smoothie style beer. Um, I know it's listed as a, as a, as a fruited sour, but tell, tell me more, sir. Yeah. So like I said, you, like you said, listed as a fruited sour, it clocks in at 4.8% and it's got an IBU of six. That's cute. It's just a little baby bit. That's a bitter. why bother just, number. That's a why put an IBU <laughs> number. Like exactly. Imperceptible. Yeah. From their website, we conditioned our sour lactose ale on heaps of jammy blueberries, juicy lemons, and gobs of decadent cheesecake. We followed that up with a touch of cinnamon, brown sugar, and vanilla. And thus, blueberry lemon cheesecake dream is born. And I will be taking a lactose pill today because this <laughs> has lactose in it, and I'm dedicated to my job. I like that that could be used as a promo. If they picked this up, they'd be like, podcast co-host would rather risk, you know, whatever happens inside your body just to drink our beer and is willing to take a pill to justify drinking it. I think That's if you right. worded that right, it might be kind of catchy and a very good endorsement. I hope the beer is worth it, man. You you very rarely go to the trouble of actually taking, more often we just don't do lactose uh, adjunct beers on our show. So I'm stoked to get to talk yeah. about one with you. Have you taken <laughs> Have you taken your pill? I have. I took it with a big sip of this beer. Oh, um, and as as the person that gets to pick out beers, I picked this out and, you know, lactose be damned. This is something I've been seeking for so long. Uh, yeah, I'll take a pill. This is worth it to try this beer. It's so sought after and it's got such hype that like I'm dying to try it. Uh, and I have tried it and it is really good. Uh, I was expecting... A little bit sweet, mm -hmm. you know. I was expecting blueberries, obviously, and lemon. And when I think blueberry lemon cheesecake, yep. the first thing I think of is, you know, that overwhelming cheesecake flavor that you get from the, the cream cheese and the sugar. And yep. just that's such a unique and universal flavor. Like everyone knows what cheesecake tastes like. And then blueberry lemon, it's a very common topping for cheesecake. It's usually very nice, it adds a nice tang to it. So I think this being a sour beer really plays into those two flavors. Um, what I find is that it is much more tart than I expected. The lemon takes over a little bit, uh, but I do get notes of the cheesecake, not as much as I would like. Yep. Uh, and I'm getting a ton of cinnamon and the vanilla. Like I feel like I can taste like, um, what is that? Like a graham cracker crust on the mm, cheesecake. Interesting. Yeah. It's definitely more sour than I was expecting. Yeah, which I, I don't know. Like it says, it's a fruited sour. Fair enough, but like my brain goes to where yours did, which is lactose, cheesecake, mm -hmm. vanilla, cheesecake. By the way, not something I'm a huge fan of. It okay has the same sort of mouth coating quality as the whipped cream they use at Starbucks, which yeah. is like it just gets all over there. And this doesn't have. I guess I was expecting some more viscosity. And again, four point eight percent. You're not expecting it super thick, but but it drinks more like a you know, like what is a particular beer type that I'm thinking of? Um, like a Berliner? No, a little bit more than that. Like a, I'll think of it randomly, but you know, like a, like a wild ale of some kind. Okay. It, and I do get some of that cinnamon you're talking about. I'd say brown sugar, nary a peep. Um, there's some, there's some spice. I guess that you could call that cinnamon. It's yeah. It's, it's wildly less sweet than I was expecting though. I wanted something more desserty. Yeah, but it is still very sweet and very jammy. It's I mean, just the so lemon, tart also. Yeah, it is. It's jammy and tart at the same time, which is is odd. Uh, it's definitely smooth, and it, it really does punch you with that lemon. I feel like I would have liked a little less lemon and a little more cheesecake. Yeah. Like, when you advertise a beer as a blueberry lemon cheesecake, I want to taste like I just took a bite of cheesecake. Uh, this feels definitely more like a blueberry lemon sour like a like a blueberry lemon like not slushy but you know like a pastry sour or something like that yeah with lact with lactose in it I don't I don't know if I would have guessed nope. cheesecake just by drinking it I wouldn't have guessed lactose had it not been on the can mm-hmm I'm sure it's in there I don't know it's it's yeah it's good I this is I was really excited based on the description like this is a totally new experience and it's not that. It is pretty good. I think that if they are going to give this much tartness with the blueberries and especially like you're saying the lemon, there does need to be that kind of creamy backbone just to keep it from being so cutting. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I don't, I don't feel like it's as tart for me as it is for you. No, I don't think so either. I'm going to take it. I've had a couple tiny sips. I'm going to, I'm going to go in again. Um, 
Get but a, just coat the mouth, man. Yeah. Get a big old mouthful of this cheesecake. You got to really just live it up, experience it. I think it's great. I mean, oh. I, yeah, I really like it. It's not as advertised, but I think it's quite tasty. I like the the level of fruity jamminess. I really, I mean, I like a jammy sour. That's, That's well true. documented. Uh, and it is it is tart, but it has that that juicy jammy that I like. I'm a, I'm agreeing with you. I wanted. I don't think more sweetness is the answer. I just wanted more cheesecake flavor to come through. Okay, it's weird to say for this style, but that it might come out a little bit more as it warms up. I know that's something you would probably no, never. Would- yeah. Want to do with this style? I'm just saying it might. I don't know. I was I thinking that too, actually. Out. Yeah. Also, yeah, which is why I've left a little bit in my glass here, which led me to look at the glass, which if you take a look in yours and give a little swirl, it's very leggy, this beer is. Like it's it's just kind of clinging and, and slowly sort of oozing down the sides. Like there's there is a lot of viscosity in this thing. I don't know why I'm not tasting it, because it looks it looks incredibly uh almost syrupy. Not that obviously that much, but like as beer goes, pretty syrupy. Mm-hmm. We're also yeah. drinking this one uh, about two months, two months in the can. Same with our first IPA. Wanted to mm-hmm. let people know that. Yep. It's, I don't think it's great. I I like it. I think okay. pint can way too much probably because it is, man, maybe it's just me today. I'm not sure, but, but it's definitely hitting in the heartburn department a little bit more than I was hoping. Hmm. And you're okay. not getting that? No, no, I'm not. It doesn't have that really aggressive tartness for me this is like the time the type of sour that i would actually enjoy drinking yeah you know if you we've talked about you know it would be a fun patreon bonus or fun for us at least is um sort of demystifying the different tasting regions of one's tongue because mm-hmm. i took another drink then kind of let it sit more in the back of my mouth and the the, mm-hmm. the outsides of the back of my tongue lit up almost like like a cat scan would with a brain um is really like that triggered way different flavors than I, for some reason, have gotten to this point. And that was a lot more yeah. balanced. I'm going to do that again. That was yeah. nice. Yeah. Like, you have to let it coat the whole tongue. It's, yeah, It's it was better, a little bit warmer. It's good. Still, I'm still in the good, not great department, though. That's okay, man. That's that's like your opinion, man. Yeah, totally. Uh, SNS also? Yeah. Yeah, which is great. Like, if we're here in California talking about a beer... Made in uh, in in Maine, Maryland, Maryland. Thank you. I never Berlin, Maryland. Yeah, in Berlin, uh, you can probably find it around at quality bottle shops across these great United States. Sometimes mm-hmm. in these great k- kind of divided states, you'll find it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's give it a rating. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty good on this beer. Like I don't know if I would grab it often just because I don't like having to take a pill before I enjoy a beer, sure. but I'm happy that I did take a pill that I could, I, I think I'm going to probably kill about eight ounces of this and save the rest. Cause I think Shalina would like it. Do you, um, do you think that's an age thing? Like, do you think as you get older for an enjoyable experience, you might be willing to take a pill? I mean, it just depends. Like this one had such hype. I mean, I've done it for certain stouts where I'm like, I really want to try that. I better just take a pill and just dive in. I guess for me, it's more like like at my age, like I'm almost 30. Like I, if I have to take a pill before having this really great experience, maybe not. But like when I'm 55, like I feel like you want to have this great experience, you just got to take a little pill. I'll, I'll probably do it. Just give it five years, man. <laughs> I'm only five years older than you. It'll kick in. All right. Fair enough. Also, like you never really know until you're confronted with that situation way earlier in life than you wanted to be. Yes, I hope to God that we're talking about the same thing now. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Milk, man. Milk. The milkman. I guess that kind of works. Sure. That could get that could get in your head. Yeah. No, lactose. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Then let's let's just let's let's do it, my friend. Let's give her let's give her a rating. Blueberry blueberry lemon cheesecake for me is like a seven two. It's good. It's good. I had to take a pill, so it lost a couple points. Um, yeah. and I wanted, I just wanted more cheesecake straight up. It's a, it's a fruited sour that is jammy and delicious, but I don't think it really delivered on the cheesecake enough for me to rave about this beer. Yeah. I think it's, it's an above average beer, I, which would put me normally in the sevens as well, but it's, I always got to dock a point for a, in this case, a pretty misleading intentionally or not advertising campaign by yeah. way of the description. It's just not, it's not this, it's not super cheesecakey, whatever. It's a totally decent sour beer. 
Mm-hmm. So get your hands on it if you want. Let us know what you think. I'm ready to move on if you are. Let us rock and roll away from blueberry lemon cheesecake. Hot Welcome to Hot and Bothered. Johnny, you want to go first? Yeah, man. I didn't do jack shit this last weekend because if you listen to last week's episode, Yish. I was pretty wounded with a bum leg and a sick cat. So there was a lot of ailments going around sure. in my house. Sure. Um, we ended up taking Ein back to the vet and had to have him boarded for a few days just to get like the care he needed while we were at work yeah. because the what was going on was just little bit more than we could deal with and didn't feel comfortable leaving him alone. Wanted yeah. him to just get the best healthcare money can buy. So we boarded him from uh, Thursday through like mid-afternoon Saturday. Um, uh, but in that time, he is much better. And since the uh, antibiotics have kicked in, mm. he's actually like way more active than he has been over the last couple months. So it leads me to believe like maybe he had like an infection before it manifested physically a lot longer because we were both thinking like, dude, he's like starting to slow down. Like yeah. I think Ian's getting old. I mean, he's 12, so it's not surprising, but he's running around like a kitten again. I think he's really happy to feel better. So that makes my life much, much happier just to know that he's healthier than before and much more spry and active and run around. So that's super happy. And then... Uh, to follow up on my leg. Yeah, what about I, you? Are you spry and happier and running around? Dude, I'm like 95% better. Like nice. my, my knee is better every day. I didn't move like it was my job. It was <laughs> ridiculous. Are you good at that? Like, or is that something that's that's easy for you? Or do you find no, you get restless? I am terrible at it. Like midday Saturday, I'm like, you want to go get a beer? Like, let's go get dinner. Hot burger? What do you think? Come on, let's go do something. Yeah, yeah. And it's Chilena had to be like, no, sit dummy. your ass down. Yeah. 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 Put your knee up. Shut up. Mm-hmm. I took a half day at work Friday because I could barely walk. And it was the smartest thing I'd done because it gave me such a leg up on getting better. Oh, hey, oh really quick, though, for people that don't know, what is uh, what's your what do you do for your job? Oh, yeah. I'm in sales <laughs> and delivery for coffee and kombucha sure. type products. So I'm doing a lot of jumping in and out of a giant box truck yeah. and like loading and unloading kegs and like, like bad, potentially very bad knee type activities. Exactly. And that's what was kind of my downfall was was injuring it at work and mm-hmm. then giving it enough time to feel enough better to to do my job like a normal person yeah. and then realizing it wasn't healed up all the way and just being back down. So it was, it was like up and down and up and down. And I was like, no, I have to just take like 72 hours and like yeah. not move. Uh, and it's crazy what doctors say that like, you know, rest and relaxation for most injuries is the ticket and I'll be damned if it didn't work. Yeah. Good man. So yeah, I had a dope set up with like my, I had my leg elevated and I could play black ops and I had beer within arm's reach. So I was a professional not mover this weekend and it was difficult at times, but I did it and I feel better now. So other than that, yeah, I, I watched movies on Sunday. Like it was my job. Like I said, I watched yeah. three movies on Sunday. Good dude. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm glad your cat's feeling better. This is all great news. Yeah. Things are trending up. I have no botherds this week. Uh, everything that had me bothered last week has got me hot this week. So, uh, things are looking good. Things are trending up at least in my life, the rest of the world, not so much, but for me, Hey man, I'm all thumbs. I am. I'm jumping on your wagon because things are trending up for me too. Because nice. let me tell you something, my friend. You and I covered a film on the show maybe two months ago. Not quite. Luca, new film from Disney. It's about yep. a, a mermaid boy and what's the thing from SpongeBob? A mermaid man. Mermaid man a mermaid. <laughs> mermaid boy and barnacle man. Sounds worse. Anyways, we watched Luca. <laughs> In Luca, a film that takes place in Italy, there are a shit ton of Vespas, which reignited a flame in the deepest parts of my body to to, to own a Vespa or a scooter or something. I've been thinking about this for maybe since the pandemic started. I thought, okay, like you already drive a pretty cool car, Max. You drive a minivan, but what could be even cooler? And I think a scooter probably because everybody sees scooters Mm -hmm. and it's like, take my undergarments now. So I was like, mm-hmm. I got to get my hands on one of these scooters. Not for that reason, for other reasons. And I finally got one. It's a moped. 
And yes, I've, like it's a Yamaha Vino. It's a 2009. I don't even have it registered yet. I got to go. It's a month behind on registration, which was a bummer, but helped me get it for cheaper. And I wrote it yesterday for the first time when I bought it, got a pretty screaming deal on it. And it is absolutely my speed. It's like, it's, it screams my personality. The, the person I bought it from was actually apparently selling a motorcycle also like a, like a pro, I don't know motorcycle words, but it was big. And it was a motorcycle. You know what I mean? It was like a motorcycle. Like it had flames on it, whatever. Oh shit. And she was like, Hey, Oh, you know, you know, what might work better for you is this motorcycle. And I said, you, you, no offense. You don't know me at all. This is, this is much more what I'm about. <laughs> I'm just picturing you Z snapping at her saying, you don't know oh, me. It's basically what I did. Sell me your moped. It's like, I think all you need to know as that person is like, when I honked that moped's horn, the, the smile on my face was like, this is perfect. He's was, was like, me, me, it's so dumb. And I got it on the ride home up to, I believe at least with somebody of my height and weight to top out around 55, 56 miles an hour, which is okay. perfect. Uh, so I'm going to go get a motorcycle license this week, get it registered, all that jazz. Um, and I'm very excited and I'm hoping awesome. to start a small cult of, uh, moped, mopeders, mope. Mopedos, that can't be right. Uh, scooter gang, scooter sc- gang, scooter gang. <laughs> Wild hogs, whatever. The point is, if anybody has a desire to buy uh, a moped and mob around town with me, let's do it. It sounds like so much freaking fun to me, and I, we can, you can be part of my gang. That sounds like a blast. I love it. I, you swing by my house. I got to see you on it. You meeped at me. I was while I was in. You meeped. What does that mean? Meep, oh, meeped with a p. Yeah, got it. Yeah, meeped. You meeped sure. at me, and I was like. What's that? It's an and annoying I, tiny I, sound from outside. Yeah, I, <laughs> is there a child on a their first bicycle outside? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's got to be Max. And yeah. I opened the door. There you were that in was. all your glory on oh, your moped. You want to do one more social media plug? Did any of the things you take on your phone, were they worthy of maybe putting on our Instagram or no? Yeah, if you want me to. I wasn't sure um, I'm fine with how, it things, now. how yeah. things were going to go for you. Let me clarify home. then also. Yeah, like... Uh, I had toyed with the idea of getting a motorcycle, like a small motorcycle, not yeah. the, not motorcycle, but like a motorcycle. Um, yeah. my wife, not about motorcycles. She's had a lot of people in her life over the years get in terrible accidents. And I was like, okay, well, this clearly isn't a lifelong passion of mine that I have to not a hill that I need to die on, but she likes to have a moped and she's been very supportive of this. And we just like talked about it. We went on a little ride with it yesterday around the block when she got off work. It was great. She drove it on her own. I drove it on my own. She watched me. It was great. It was very voyeuristic in a sense. I loved it. Nice. It was, it was, it was delectable. Perfect. I just, I hope I used voyeuristic right. I'm almost positive. I did not. Um, doesn't matter. It was great. Now I drive a moped sometimes. Badass. So that's my hot this week, my friend. Perfect. Well, Max, uh, we're going to Aspen. I'm so glad I sent you a picture of the speedometer and somehow you knew it was, how did you know it was a scooter and not like, I don't know. Well, you know me, I guess probably is what you did. A part of it is knowing you and party of part of it is having a tertiary knowledge of things with two wheels and gotcha. recognizing the gas tank and how high the speedometer went. That's not a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. So Gianna got home from work and she saw the speedometer. She goes, it goes 80 miles an hour. And I went, no, it does no. not. <laughs> no, it no, does, it does not, not go near, near 80. The no. speedometer might, but the actual machine does yeah, not. Yeah, not a chance. It's, it's a 125 for any any motorheads out there, which yeah. is not me. But it, basically, that's like the size of a scooter that is not allowed to go on the freeway because it can't keep No. Up. Yeah, that's in so, town only. But it's also not like bike trails. No, you can't go on like – you can't go in bike lanes with that. You have to drive on yeah. the road and hope to God there's no maniacs next to you. Yeah, and that's that's the main thing. Yeah, but – yes. You're just going to ride it to and from the bar. Let's be real. I'm actually not drinking with this thing. I'm well, not, at least at least to the bar. Yeah, sure. Like, go, hey, a barkeep, give me a give me a tonic water with lime. But I am thinking <laughs> for like you know, like like coffee runs in the morning or like taking it to the gym sounds kind of fun. I, yeah. I like the idea that I'm taking this one thing in my life that is going to be sans alcohol because I think that'll encourage me to do more active things that are better for my health, anyways. Like totally, you could like we should get you a milk crate for the back. Totally. I have extras, and you can like zip tie it or strap it down to the back. Put little groceries in there. Totally, you could do Trader Joe's runs. Yeah, you bet your ass. I'm gonna deliver my cold brew coffee on this thing. Ah, uh, hell like, yeah, that's cool. That's so cool, man. You see somebody cool on their moped delivering your coffee. Psh, can that's we worth can the we get right you there. one of the 
one of those bells that bring bring. Did I not explain how cool the horn is? Yeah, I don't need that. You could do fucking you, bell. You could do both, just at the same time. Just a one man <laughs> band on a moped, <laughs> fucking stomping my foot for a kick drum. <laughs> yes, I'm so into that. <laughs> just the world's most annoying ice cream man. <laughs> Buy my albums. Yes. <laughs> Buy my albums. You want some cold brew, kids? Yeah, just ninja starring people with albums and smashing cold brew on the ground as I drive by at 32 miles an hour. <laughs> Approximately. You'll never catch me unless you have a car. I love it. I will send you those for sure. Okay, great. That sounds great. Uh, last minute things. Next week on the show, everybody, if you have a chance in a wild hair, go and just drive yourself up to Bend, Oregon. Grab, I'm going to say they're Pilsner and any IPAs or stouts they have. We're going to do some of that stuff next week on the show. Um, I got those. And I know you said earlier, you pick out beers on the show, but every now and again, sir, I pick out beers for the show, which is what's happening next week. Uh, incidentally, neither of us have picked out a movie for next week. So since we forgot to tag, uh, Mr. Ackman's new film, do you want to do that next week? Do you want to leave it hanging? No. Okay. Then stay tuned for next week's episode. I feel like there's a distinct possibility. We might watch a movie that has something to do with 10 rings. I think that's that's the next week, dude. That's out now, bro. No. No, I don't think that's correct. Okay. And if it is, that's what we're doing, but it's in our schedule for the following week. Oh, is it? Which we both made at 11 in the morning while drinking gin and tonics. So it's really hard to say what's accurate and what's not. Oh yeah. Shang-Chi Legend of the Ten Rings is in theater September 3rd. Boom. We are good. We did a good job with our gin and tonic planning meeting. Yeah, but we'll figure it out. We'll watch something. I guarantee you we will watch a movie by next week. Hard to go wrong with that guarantee. As usual, the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi and all of our friends on Patreon, including the newly initiated Ben Murray. Thanks again for joining, sir. We appreciate you. Thanks to everybody that participated in our virtual movie chat slash watch along of Monty Python on the Holy Grail this past Monday. What a treat. Thanks to the handlebar. And thanks last and certainly not least to you, Johnny Summers, for being a great co-host. I appreciate you. Well, thanks, Max. I appreciate you for being the coolest moped owner that I know. Me, me. Me, me. (laughs) All right, guys. Drink good beer. Watch movies that make you happy. And most importantly, be excellent to each other. We love you, and we'll see you next week. This is Fresh Hot Cinema.